0: Welcome to the Billingshurst Family Church Podcast. For more information or to support our work in Billingshurst and the surrounding areas, please visit billingshurstfamily.church. Amen. Right, it's a bit of an odd morning this morning because I'm hosting and preaching. Um, um, Thank you guys. Thank you, Tash, for leading us so well in worship this morning. Um, for those of you who, didn't, who missed my introduction at the start, my name's Craig, uh, I head up the leadership team here at Billingshurst Family Church, and um, it's, uh, oh, where's that come from? I think that's a previous week's um, PowerPoint. <laughs> um, lovely words team, this is my last preach. PowerPoint. never mind. (laughs) But while they find that, it's not too much of an issue right away, but we will get there. Um, I love this church. I love all of you guys. That's good. (laughs) Um, Oh, we're family, aren't we? It's okay for things to go wrong sometimes. Um, It's fine. Um, I love this church. I love you guys. I'm so grateful that for another year we get to celebrate Christmas together to be a family and celebrate Christmas, to share God's love with one another, Um, and those in this village, you know, next week is a great opportunity to invite our friends and our relatives to come and see who we are, see who we are as a church, what we're doing, the fact that we love Jesus, you know, we care about his name being proclaimed in this place, and um, yeah, it's a really good thing. Are we there? Excellent, thank you. (laughs) So I have a question for you. Have you ever wondered you're looking at me like you're waiting for the next bit. <laughs> Have you ever wondered? It's an odd question. I remember when I was at secondary school, um, I went to the boys' school in Horsham, and uh, I vividly remember one lunchtime in the summer sitting underneath a tree on a mound in the field right behind the DT block. Um, and I was sitting there, and I was playing Pokemon on my Game Boy Color, um, you know, which suddenly reminds me how long ago this actually is. Um, uh, you know, Game Boy Color, top of the range at the time, but uh, very outdated now. Um, and as usual, we were sitting there. We were having our, we, we'd always sit on this mound at lunchtime, me and all my mates, and um, I was sitting there playing games and chatting and stuff. And a typical summer day in a boys' school, a crowd gathered in the distance. And I th- the thought entered my head, I wonder what's going on over there. And I was intrigued. I was like, hmm, what's happening? So I went from my, my nice seated, you know, small boy pose, sat there like this. And we often see our kids doing this down in the foyer. Um, went from that pose. And I was like, what's going on over there? What's happening over there? so I stood up, I took a better, got a better view, and typically a scruff had broken out, a couple of lads were being daft, and um, you know the standard secondary school boys fight broke out, which tends to involve a bit of a, a shove that way, and then a, a shove that way, and a shove that way, and nothing else really happened until the teachers had to fight their way through the crowd to get to the middle and put a stop to what was happening. Um, I'd seen something odd from my seated position, I'd seen something, what's going on over there? And I wondered, what's going on? And there's that kind of wonder, isn't there? There's that kind of, um, the sort of wonder that, where something strange happens and it causes you to question uh, what you've seen or what you've heard or what's that happening over there. You know, maybe a strange behaviour you've seen and you wonder why. Maybe someone's saying something to you and you wonder, is that really true? Is that really true, the truth? It's the kind of wonder that's curious. The kind of wonder that questions things, maybe even doubts things, questions whether something is true. It's an active wondering, and the teachers in the room will be sitting there pulling their hair out. Going, Craig, it's a verb. Just, just that, that's all you need to say. There's a, there's the a verb to wonder, um, but there's another kind of wonder. Um, let's look at some pictures. Um, I made sure I downloaded the highest quality images I could, so it gives us that big best sense we can. Um, but when I came across this image online, I was just like, wow, look at the way the clouds are coming up through this valley of trees down here. Um, and uh, you just think, wow, You know, what a, sp- a position that must be, to be out there like, wow, that is something. You go to the next one. I love this one. I love the fact that um, you can see right into the distance right up at the top, and you just get a sense of, there's little old me on this mountain top, and I can see out, and I can see the distance, and this this, this lake up in the mountains, um, which is just amazing. And next one. Now, some of you will recognise this one. Uh, this is Niagara Falls. Now, this one, this one catches me. I think the, 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 the view is amazing. But I have, I didn't look it up, but you just think, how many million gallons of water? The power that's there, going over. The number of people have died over those falls just because they've underestimated the power of the falls that are there. Um, and you just get this sense of, wow, this sense of wonder at what is happening here. Next one. Right, some of you might recognise this picture. Uh, this is Leith Hill Tower. It's the highest point in the southeast of England at the top of that tower. Um, and uh, I remember as a child um, going, up, uh, going up there with my granddad. My, my granddad had a very big part to play in my life. And um, I remember climbing that tower as a small boy and looking north and seeing London. You could see the Wembley Arch from up there. Um, and it's just like, wow, look at all that. Um, And it's always been special to me. I I used to do a lot of mountain biking. And Karen and I would spend a lot of time mountain biking up to Leith Hill. It's quite a ride up there. Um, Coming down the other side is the best bit of it. Um, And uh, so we've spent a lot of time there in in our our married life as well. Um, And I remember one night, before we had kids, it was pitch black. And we drove up there uh, in the car and we took a torch, a couple of torches. And we walked in the pitch black up to the top of Leith Hill. And um, we sat on a bench. We took a flask of soup and, and some bread and some, some uh, cake with us. So we had our soup and our cake up there. But we looked out to the south. And you can see all where we are, you know, all where we live. And you can see all these lights just out there. And you're just like, wow. It just captures you. It holds you. It's this wonder. Um, you're filled with this wonder. Uh, wow, look at this. It's huge, there's little old me on top of this mountain, this hill, it's not a mountain, this hill, looking out, and you're just like, wow. Sometimes you see the planes coming down, and they are so low, it's scary, and you're just like, wow, isn't that amazing. We're in our Advent series as we head towards Christmas, and our carol service, which is one of our biggest outreach um, things, events of the year. Christmas for us as a church is a big thing. We look to make sure that Christ is in Christmas. That it's not all about the commercial stuff, but it is all about Jesus. As part of our Advent series, then, looking at God and the reaction of different people to God, we today come to the story of the shepherds. And as we're reading it from Luke chapter 2, verse 8 onwards. Um, so if you can find that, it's good for us to do a little Bible searching as we go. Um, but as we do that, I'm going to pray and um, ask God to take us through this time together. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time of year where we, we turn our eyes to you, because it's all about you. It's all about your birth and the fulfillment that you, you brought, Lord. Of all these old prophecies and stuff like that of the fulfilment of a saviour coming and um, Lord I just pray that now you'd speak through me, you'd work through me Lord as I'm preaching from your word and I just pray Lord God that you'd help things, the right things to settle in our hearts and have an impact on us pray you'd work in us all by the Holy Spirit now to um, hear what it is you want us to hear this morning thank you Lord that sometimes you you work through me, sometimes you work in spite of me and, uh, Lord, I'm just so grateful that you're a great big God who, who, who meets us where we are. And, uh, Lord, I pray you do that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, maybe you've heard me do this before, but um, Luke's account of the shepherd story is one we probably know quite well. You know, we probably think, well, every year we come around and we read the, the account of the shepherds. Um, but it's good to remind ourselves what it, what it says. Um, and so it says this: In the same region that is around Bethlehem, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at nights over the flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of God of the Lord shone around them, And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, "Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today. In the city of David, a saviour was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was a multitude of a heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favours. When the angel's had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. When the eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, a name given by the angel before he was conceived. We can easily dive in on a passage like this because we know it so well and um, go and discover things being alluded to and so on but often it's worth just walking through the story so you can see what's actually going on here um, so many little little things in there that are really exciting so first off the shepherds are out on the hills around the the city of bethlehem looking after their flocks in all likelihood they'd sheltered their, their sheep their flocks in a cave or a pen made with stones and laid across the entrance to them And around Bethlehem, there were loads of these areas of pasture. My mother-in-law recently, uh, a couple of years ago, went to Israel um, and went to Bethlehem and saw all these these fields and so on. A lot of them have been built on now, but some of them are still there. Um, And, um, yeah, and that's sort of what they would have been doing. So all these areas of pasture. And so on this one night, when all the shepherds were out watching their flocks, keeping them safe, not washing their socks. Uh, you may wish they were, though, since they probably did smell somewhat sheepy. Um, and uh, they're all there. And an angel appeared. An angel appeared. You see how even like making a, a slight joke makes us miss a very key point. You know, we might read, and they were watching their flocks, and in our heads we go, uh, washing their socks. But an angel appeared to them. And wow, you know, you might be able to imagine the moment. You know, you're sort of laying down with your little fire and chatting to your shepherdy friends. And then all of a sudden, an angel appears to you. you sort of laying there, you've got your friends around, you sort of, these angels appeared, you sort of look at each other like, Levi, are you seeing this? Yeah, yeah Benjamin, I am. I, yeah, I can see this, this angel as well. You know, not only were they faced with an angel they found themselves in the midst of the glory of God as it shone around them. The very same glory of God, the word doxa in Greek or kabod in Hebrew, as Moses asked to see on Mount Sinai. It's the same thing. Yeah? The glory of God came. And, and God, let him, God, God covered him in a crevice, and uh, Moses covered him in a crevice and let his glory pass by because God's glory was too much for Moses to handle. You know, to be honest, you know, I joke about Levi and Benjamin, but in reality, those shepherds (laughs) probably couldn't speak. Because they were probably knowing something huge was going on. To be surrounded by the glory of God and to be in the presence of an angel, something odd is going on. And in those moments, I think we often will keep our mouths shut. And the utter, that, that utter shock and fear that would have come over them would have been immense. And Luke tells us so. Luke says he, they were terrified. The shepherds were terrified. You know, they're in a state of extreme fear, petrified. They'd probably thrown themselves down on the floor, covering their faces, hiding away in terror probably not fully aware that that's exactly how everyone responded when the glory of God fell in a place throughout the history of God's people. When God turned up, when, uh, when the temple was filled with the presence of God, everyone's bowed down on the floor. They're hidden in their faces because the glory of God had appear, appeared. So they're there. They've encountered the angel. The glory of God is around. And the next thing they know is they're told, don't be afraid. They probably thought it was too late for that but they were probably calmed a bit, maybe even being bold enough to lift their eyes to see the one speaking to them. And he tells them, the angel says, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a saviour was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. An amazing message to be told. When you're living in your own land, occupied by foreigners. They're under Roman rule at this time, and God hasn't spoken for 400 years. they would probably heard stories of a Messiah coming, a saviour. They might not have been prepared for the fact that this baby Messiah would be called the Lord. Right, another word we jump over, who is the Messiah, the Lord. That's the, that's the word Kyrios which is also the same word that the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, uses for Yahweh. That's why when you look in your Old Testament, if you see the Lord, it's often in capitals, because it's the name of God. Not only does the angel announce the arrival of Messiah, but he also announces the arrival of God with us, Emmanuel. God's people had been waiting for a Messiah. They also um, had from the Messiah, but they weren't expecting the Messiah to be God Himself, born as a baby boy, laid in an animal feeding trough. The sign given to them is that they will find the Messiah, Emmanuel, wrapped tightly in cloths, swaddled up nice and tight, lying in a manger, probably made of wood or stone, with the top hue out. If you go, if you Google um, first-century manger, it's often a, a stone piece that sort of stands, sort of so high and it's all hewn out with, um, for the hay and for feed to go in for the animals. Um, uh, or it might have been made of wood as we traditionally make up for Christmas services and so on. Um, but in modern day language, it was basically, I remember we went to a farm uh, this year in spring for the lambing, and there's just these long metal troughs um, where the food goes, the feed goes for these, these animals. And um, Sort of thing that all the animals would eat out of. And can you imagine going to a farm and finding a baby laying in one of those troughs? It's like, like, seriously, we need to call social services. There's a baby lying in a feed trough. And so what happened next? Well, the angel explained who they were to find, that he'd be found somewhere in Bethlehem. They'd know it was him because he'd be found laid. In a manger. It was a busy time, it would seem, because we know he was laid where the animals slept. There was no room for him anywhere else. It all seemed pretty clear. So that's what the shepherds had to go and find: this baby laying in a manger. It's an odd thing to find, right? So that's what they—they they knew what they had to go and find. But just as the angel finishes speaking, just as he's finished bringing the message, a multitude of the heavenly host of angels appeared. Thousands, possibly thousands upon thousands, appear out of nowhere. First, the shepherds, you, know, you just put yourself in a position of the shepherds. You've just encountered an angel standing in front of you. You've encountered the glory of God around you. And now, out of heaven, come this multitude of the heavenly host of angels. And then they're all crying out, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favours. They were terrified, but they encountered this host of angels worshipping God until all of a sudden the silent night was restored as the angels returned to heaven. The shepherds were terrified in the first instance, but through their experience of the angel, the glory of God and the multitude of angels praising God, they were left wondering about it all and decided between themselves to go and find what the Lord had told them. And out of that curious wonder, they went seeking. So as we know, they they went down into the town, down into the city, to find this baby lying in a manger. They'd heard the voice of God's messengers telling them what they would find. They were under no illusion that this wasn't from God, but there was something in them that made them want to find it out for themselves. They heard that this saviour was for them, and the sign would be a baby lying in a manger in the city of David. So they went to find it out for themselves. Wonder leads to seeking. It leads to an active response. They've heard the message. Now they know they've got to go out, go and find out for themselves if it's true. How often do we hear a true message and think, Oh, that's nice. Isn't that lovely? We do nothing about it. We respond in no other way, no way other than to acknowledge that we've heard it. So yeah, oh so yeah, so and so said that once. The shepherds show us the correct response, though. When when, when they hear the message, they they go, they wonder. So I wonder, wonder, wonder if it's true. I, I wonder if there is a baby lying in Bethlehem in a manger. I don't know why it'd be in a manger, but well, maybe there is. And they get up and they go. And when we hear a message, when we hear truth, when we hear the gospel, it requires a response from us, not just an acknowledgement that it might be true for those people. When I was told about Jesus saving power um, before, before I was a Christian, I disputed it. I argued against it. I was like, it's absolutely ridiculous. What are you on about? How, you know, Science has disproved any need for God. Just just point this. You know, I don't know why you're sitting in this stupid religion. And I disputed it, and I argued it. As I've said before, in my house, he who shouts loudest wins the argument. And when I was growing up, and that's what I did. And she's, this woman stayed peaceful throughout it all. And it reached a point until I, until I reached a point where I was convinced in my spirit there was something here that needed to be checked out. Something needed discover, discovering or discarding. I needed to find that out for myself. And I was left wondering. So I went out and I bought a Bible. I've still got that Bible at home on my bookshelf. I read some of it and I became convinced of Jesus' power to save. At which point I became a Christian. I, I, I prayed in bed one night. I remember it vividly. And um, I was changed. My life was changed. Wondering leads to action. In my case, I bought a Bible, and that confirmed the work. Well, what about the shepherds? When the shepherds head into town, they find the baby lying in a manger, just as they had been told. Just like me, I'd been told of Jesus' power to save, and I went and sought it out, found it, and was convinced I encountered Jesus' power to save. And the shepherds found this baby lying in a manger, just as they had been told, you can imagine Mary and Joseph shattered from the events of the day. She may not have given birth at night, uh, as we tend to believe. Um, she also may not have been rushing door to door with her husband, desperate for a room at the inn, because they're probably staying with family. Um, there was likely no room in the guest room of the house, hence why they're in the animal quarters. Uh, there's a fantastic book called Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes, um, and uh, just talks about in there about the, the ways that we've sort of read our experience of life into the Bible, and it's good for us to consider the context at the time. Um, you know, absolutely they were in lower state; they didn't have much, they were poor people. Um, but um, where it translates, in your Bible it might say, you know, there was no room for them at the inn. That's actually the only place in the Bible that it's translated as inn. Everywhere else it says guest room. Um, and um, there is a word for inn which they could have used, and he didn't. Um, so it's a Interesting aside, but it's a book worth having a look through. Um, I just find it amazing how tradition can get built without biblical evidence. But nevertheless, after a busy time of giving birth, Mary and Joseph encountered this bunch of smelly shepherds turning up. You know, I remember when both my kids were born, um, I just had this deep desire to be left alone. Like, just, Maybe that's just a picture of me, I don't know. But I just wanted to focus on my family unit. I wanted to look after them, care for them. Um, and like even having our, our closest family there around, straight after all of that, would have been a strain for me. I remember you know, when, with my, my first son, when we were in hospital, having people over. I needed to have people over because there a high likelihood he was going to die. Um, but that was really wearing for me, you know, having everyone around. The most intimate, special moment of life. Um, I've personally found that quite wearing, Um, and so I've no idea how Mary and Joseph would have felt on the day when this child arrives. They've been through this all. Everyone's looking at them, thinking, "Well, they weren't married very long, were they, before they had this child?" And they've gone through all the stress and strain of the day, and then this bunch of smelly shepherds turn up. Just, just think for a moment of those who you might consider as those you don't want around at the best of times, then imagine turning them up on the most tiring and special day of your life. It certainly wouldn't be desirable. Now, these are sort of the, those that you sort of look at and go, oh, well, the, yeah, well, we, we know they go out on the field, but um, we think they might slip a few quid in their pocket, you know, from time to time. I don't think they always pay for all the hay that they get. Um, you know, that's all the sort of people who are turning up to see Mary and Joseph just after they given, she's given birth to their first child, to their first child. But nevertheless, the shepherds arrive. They find the baby in the manger, and they share the amazing story of their encounter with the angel, the glory of God, and the multitude of the heavenly host, the angel armies of God. And the words that were spoken to them about this newborn child, he'd be a saviour, he'd be the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one of God. He'd be God himself, Emmanuel, God with us. This is no normal day. This is no, not the birth of any normal child, but the God child, God with us. So shepherds share their story, and Mary treasures these things away. And the author of this gospel account, Luke, discovers them years later. The shepherds encountered the angel and the glory of God. And they wondered. They were curious. They went to investigate. And then they encountered the baby Messiah, the Christ. And you just can't help but wonder at the wonder on their faces. <coughs> These stories they've heard in, through generations of this Messiah who would come. And then they go in and they, they, they open the door, and there's this baby wrapped in swaddling cloth lying in a manger. It's the Saviour. It's the Messiah. It's the one we were promised. And he's, he's tiny. He's small. <coughs> it was just as they had been told. Just like, you know, I remember when... Um, I held my, my, my second child for the first time. Um, and uh, just an overcoming sense of awe and wonder. Or like when you, when you get on top of high, for me it's high mountains. I love being up high and feeling incredibly small and just looking out and like, Wow. that sense, that overcoming sense of awe and wonder that's before you. It, it, it impacts you. It affects you. It's a sort of wonder that leaves you knowing that because of this moment, this one moment, my life will never be the same. I remember climbing a mountain in Romania. Um, I was on a mission trip in Romania. We took a bunch of kids from Moldova across the border into Romania um, for a summer camp. Um, and uh, I was 19, and we had a couple of adult, proper adults with us. Um, but it was just us, was these, these, these older guys, and then me and, a, and another person my age. And then we took a bunch of our 16-year-olds from my last church as well. Um, you know, it was just a fantastic time. But there was this, this bit where we, we went to this place called Lakuroshu And we, we climbed this mountain. And you're just going up, and up, and up, and up, and up, and you're already high in the mountains, but you're going up and up and up to this peak. And you, come, as you go up, you come up, you come up through the woods, and then suddenly the the, the sunlight appears again, um, and then you you get to the the very, very top, and you look out, and you can see for miles, and you can see this beautiful lake below, and all the people look like ants. Um, it's those moments that you can go through, you can describe in every detail. You know. There's something that's changed you in those moments. That sense of wonder changes you. Maybe you've had moments like that. Maybe maybe you can remember a time in your life where everything changed. Your sense of perspective was changed. You know, for some of us that'd be a place or an experience. For some of us it'd be a moment we'd be the moment we encountered Jesus or a moment we encountered Jesus, a time that truly changed our lives. Maybe you've celebrated Christmas year in year out since you were a baby. Maybe you've never fully connected with the reason for the season. Maybe you've wondered about it, wondered about it, but never really caught the wonder of it—the wonder of God laying aside His Majesty to become a human baby, born of a virgin, knowing that the, the comments that would come, knowing how that would look. <coughs> born into a poor, humble family, laid in a manger because there was no room for him. The wonder that God himself would show us what perfect humanity looks like and he demonstrated what reliant obedience to him looks like. The wonder that Jesus, as fully God and fully man, would go to the cross to pay the price that we owe, that he'd take our sin, everything we've ever done wrong, everything we ever will do wrong, He took it upon himself, bearing the weight of it all. He would die and be resurrected on the third day to show that we too can know resurrection and freedom from the power of death and sin to remove us from the presence of God, but to walk instead freely into his presence, knowing his love for us, like those shepherds on the dark, silent night long ago. Maybe you haven't fully engaged with this message before. Maybe today is the time to spend some time wondering about it and getting caught up in the wonder of it. When the shepherds left Mary and Joseph and their baby lying in the manger, they weren't the same as when they went into the room. They were a people who had been impacted by the wonder of encountering Emmanuel, God with us, the Christ child, the anointed one where they may have rushed around town looking for the baby, trying, probably not really trying to be seen because they'd left their sheep in the fields. And angelic encounter or not, leaving your sheep in the fields, you know, you skiving off really. You know? Angelic encounters don't work as a very well today as a reason for skiving off work. And they didn't work well then. So they're probably coming through town trying to hide a little bit, not be seen. Um... They encountered this baby, and on the way back up to the sheep fields, we're told that they were glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. In the middle of the night, they'd gone from being a people probably hiding away, wondering if all they had encountered was real, only to find the proof that it was. They'd gone and found the baby they were promised. They were, the, you know, they were the first to encounter the Saviour outside of the family. What a privilege! And they were changed for it. They were changed because of it. You know, they went back to the fields glorifying and praising God for all they'd seen and heard. And I imagine they were seen and heard by people in the town as they were celebrating all they'd seen. You know, there'd be no traffic noise in Bethlehem. You know, those of you who've lived in London will know, like the the traffic noise doesn't tend to end. All right? In Bethlehem, it would have been a silent night. And these shepherds, bunch of rowdy shepherds come back through the town, heading back up to the sheep fields, glorifying and praising God. I've often heard people outside my house making a lot of noise in the middle of the night. They're not usually glorifying and praising God. And you kind of just put that aside. But when you hear a bunch of people glorifying and praising God walking up the high street, I wonder what's going on out there. Everyone would have seen and heard. There's something different about these shepherds. You know, everyone who heard the story the shepherds told were amazed. You know, these people who had, you know, whether they're in their houses hearing the shepherds or hear, meeting the shepherds afterwards, and you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't hold that to yourself, would you? an angel appeared, the glory of God shone around, and then this multitude of angels came out of heaven, and they told us about this baby, and we went down into Bethlehem, and there he was, he was there. That's not the sort of story that just, you go, oh, wasn't that a lovely evening? Right, now let's go and look after some more sheep. It's the sort of story that changes your life, changes everything. They'd have gone around telling everyone, did you you know what we saw the other night? This angel appeared, told us about the Messiah. The glory of God was around. We were on our faces. We didn't know what to do. Levi was wandering off that way, and we just, were just, we just didn't know what to do with ourselves. So we went down to Bethlehem and we found this baby. And it was just amazing. And he's the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the one who has come. He's the one we were promised all those years ago. And everyone's looking at him, going, The shepherds, but they smell and they're a bit strange. Why? What's up with them? And they're wondering, people who've encountered these guys are wondering, what's happened? What's changed? There's something about that. I've got to go and find it out. I've got to find this out. I've got to check this. Is this true? Are they, are they sure? Maybe I'll ask the parents. Maybe I'll find out what's happened there. Maybe, we'll, maybe they'll completely forget. Maybe these people have completely forgotten. And then 30 years down the line, they encounter Jesus in Galilee. Oh, oh he's that guy from, from Nazareth. I think he was born in Bethlehem. Takes a moment of wondering, and then it's a, a journey from going from the place of wondering to the place of wonder. <coughs> the story of the baby born of a virgin is one of wonder in every sense of the word. We wonder at the whys, hows, and whatfores, and through that we discover the wonder of the Saviour of the world. Jesus came. To save those shepherds. He was born in obscurity in the town of one of the greatest shepherds the people of Israel had ever known, the city of David. David, a man that God said was a man after God's own heart. Isn't it amazing as the shepherds walk through that door that they encounter the heart of God there, beating in the chest of this baby? They encounter God's love for God's. Just love the world like this, that he sent his one and only son. So in the city of the nation's greatest shepherd, isn't it amazing this baby would go on to become the greatest shepherd the world has ever known, the one who guides his flocks, in his, way, his flock in his ways, in the ways of righteousness, in the way of the kingdom. Can I ask the band to come back up? Let's stand. I think today we should celebrate in response of what Jesus has done, of what God has done, of God's salvation plan for us. Um, celebration is a good, good place for us to go to right now. Um, There's a, as I was preparing this, there's a, an old hymn that uh, came to mind. And there's a, a line, you know, "'Tis mystery all, the immortal dies." And I was just sitting there thinking that, you know, the mystery of Jesus being born as a baby boy of a virgin who would go on to be the saviour of mankind. Um, such a mystery. And we can't explain the fullness of it, but we can behold the mystery of it and enjoy the wonder of who we behold. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came as a baby, that you came and as a humble, humble baby, you left everything aside and you came and you were born in such a poor place. And when people encountered you, their lives were changed. Even before you'd accomplished everything you were going to do, people's lives were changed from meeting you. So I pray, Lord God, now as we come, as we we celebrate together, Lord Jesus, let us be caught up afresh in the wonder at your face, wonder of who you are and all that you've done for us. Yeah, Be with us now in our worship, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.